0: Hello, young lovers, wherever you are. Or should I say, hello, game changers. World game changers, wherever you are. Notice their listeners, straight away we're into the music. There's a reason for that, and uh, I'm sure that'll unfold as the, the dance, this podcast episode dance, unfolds. And to help that uh, emergence is a gentleman from San Diego, California, the United States of America, by the name of Mateo,
1: Hello, Mary. Matteo, an extremely warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you, sir, and an extremely warm welcome back to you, and thank you so much for having me.
0: So, listeners, we're in for a delight on this one. I mean, aren't we always? I shouldn't sort of single anyone out one way or the other. But um, just the title, just the title that we're going to be uh, operating from. And as you know, listeners, I liken it to a dance floor. It's merely a platform for us to perform on. Matteo and myself. So let's see where that takes us. And that being the title of Jungle Love is Driving Me Crazy. Matteo, where on earth did that title come from?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it came from a, a song by a musician, a Steve Miller. He had the Steve Miller Band. It was back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and it's the name of a song. And love is a big theme. I'm, I'm doing another podcast based on love from the jungle also. So when you asked me, that's what popped into my head and you went along with it. So we're both responsible.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're both responsible. So love, what is this thing that they call love? Um, do you know, Matteo, there are a million different angles and answers. And, you know, none of them are right and none of them are wrong, are they? But, you know, I don't know. Is there a simple way of defining love?
1: yeah i believe so uh true true love so to speak uh my favorite verse comes from hafez which i if i remember correctly he's a 13th century mystic persian and he had a a a verse and it says um even after all this time the sun never once says to the earth you owe me look what happens with a love like that it lights the whole sky Mm-hmm. Wow, I think that pegs it. It does.
0: Isn't it amazing how just a few words can uh, just stop you in your track, Just listening to you there, Matteo. You know, it, it it kind of puts you in that wow. It's not very really, You know, some things when they really hit you, there, there's no comment needed, is there? You can't you can't offer a comment, and to do so, I almost find is insulting or futile, and because of the profound. <laughs> power of
1: the words Hmm. i I can go on endlessly about it (laughs) that's me i'm a writer and a storyteller so yeah you know storyteller
0: isn't that you know doesn't that conjure up listeners that magical what does this word storyteller mean because isn't it true that as people whether we recognize it or not that's a question of awareness but aren't we all storytellers mateo at all
1: I love uh, what Shakespeare said, all the world, world's a stage and we're all players. I probably mangled it somewhat, but, but that's the essence of it because we're all living our story. We're all creating our own reality, whether we know it or not. We can't change uh, what's going on in the world outside of us, but we'll certainly uh, control how we interpret it and how we react to it. And in the end, in my humble opinion, the definition of uh, awareness is being present and in the moment. And I just want to say, I want to qualify here for just a, a brief moment that anything and everything I say is the truth in my universe. It doesn't have to be in anybody else's. Uh, pe- this is my, my universe and people can, it's an, I consider it an offering. All my writing and what I say is an offering and whether people accept it or not or take it or leave it doesn't matter to me. I'm just making an offering.
0: Mm. Wow. Music, Matteo, music—that's got a ring to it, hasn't it? Music, Matteo. I can remember when I was when I was young. there used to be a Friday night. I think it was on Radio Two, BBC Radio Two. Friday night is music night, and they used to coin this phrase: "Music, maestro, please." And and I don't know where that's come from, listeners, other than to say, "Music, Matteo, please." So there's so many songs that's written about love, isn't there? And that, um, you know, one of the threads of podcast conversations that I have with guests is, you know, time, love or money, which matters most? And, and before I dive into that, in terms of the music industry, Matteo, any thoughts around that question? Time, love or music, which matters most? Uh, sorry, time, love or money? <laughs> I'm music obsessed.
1: Well, so uh, the answer is yes. And the reason I say that, (laughs) (laughs) the reason I say that uh, without hesitation is because the the path of shamanism, which I have been on all of my life, is all about mastering energy. And everything you just said um, there is energy. So, how do we use energy? How do we manipulate it? How do we attempt to master it? Is, is the path. And when you start to see things in that way, you see that they're all just subsets of the same thing. And as a matter of fact, that quote I gave from Hafez about the sun is the fact that the sun gives its energy unconditionally. And that's what, in my humble opinion, true and real love is about, is unconditional. And that's what the sun does. There's no conditions. There it is, right? Mm. And I don't
0: know why. absolutely don't know why, listeners, but Listening to Matteo speak, there was Elton John's classic, iconic "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me." There you go, exactly, right? Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? how You can have a conversation. I don't know if you can relate to this, listeners, where you know you can be talking just the way Matteo and I are now, and uh, you know something will come into your head—a tune or a line from a song. Um, when you were speaking earlier on, yeah, again, Elvis—a line from one of Elvis's. Um, songs. Uh, fate, fate, have you playing in love with you as my sweetheart? Um, going completely off to tangent there. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, our mind is full of, or is it our mind or is it our heart? And I think Matteo's going to say yes
1: to both. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're to you're use up all my lines and I can't use my jokes anymore. But uh, <laughs> I can qualify that yes a bit um, because the, the path uh, of shamanism and the path of growth, uh, again, in my humble opinion, is, is the path from the head to the heart. And the heart is actually superior because, uh, and, and in fact, physiologically speaking, um, the heart actually has a greater density of receptors than the brain does. And um, when you become heart-centered, then you tap into uh, intuition and the feminine side. And intuition is superior to logic because you can have 27 facts in your head and suddenly you get a revelation. Oh my God, it's all that. And that happens with intuition, but it doesn't happen with uh, logic because logic has to be one thing at a time, comparisons, you know, uh, you and I are speaking in sentences. I have to say one word and, and same, you know, to your listeners, I'm saying one word at a time. And then everybody has to listen to that one word at a time and then listen to the whole sentence and gain meaning out of that. Whereas intuition goes beyond rationality and it goes into, you know, uh, symbolism and conceptualism and emotion. It's all uh, completely combined in these brilliant flashes of insight and intuition that come from that part of us. Mm. I can remember,
0: I can't remember the exact source, but I can remember being embroiled in a conversation um, with someone on, on a podcast, Mateo, where um, the heart is, and apparently there's some science to back this up, 5,000 times more powerful stroke intelligence than the mind, which is some statement, isn't it? Because the mind is is in a, well, I call it a computer. I call it a supercomputer. Um, because for me, that's what it is. I, I think one of the things I've learned from my own uh, perspective is, to give it the respect it deserves but don't give it that much either because if and I speak from personal experience if the latter prevails and the mind is given too much room to play with it dominates and it's not always a good master. Um, It can be a great servant but a poor master has
1: been my considerable experience. Any thoughts around that Mateo? Yes sir in my humble opinion you are absolutely correct and that is what um, actually, ayahuasca and the plant diets that I've done in the jungle um, have taught me is um, that when you do follow the heart, um, you're really getting back to the source. Now, there's a um, there's a tradition in shamanism, a ancient belief. It's worldwide. I, I say universal, but I catch myself because, but it is universal, but but worldwide. And in the um, Ancient, ancient Egyptian thought is also there. I mean, it's really very much prevalent. So uh, there's the Temple of Luxor. Uh, it's called the Temple of Anthropocosmic Man in Luxor, Egypt. And it's a very, very precise mathematical map of the human body. And what they say is that um, that map of the human body is also a map of the cosmos, which makes it holographic. And in that system of belief, the heart is the center of the universe. So, in the same way that the sun um, is at the center of our solar system, if I remember correctly, the sun at the center of our solar system is Helios. Um, and then the surrounding planets are like, you know, uh, uh, the different organs in the body. And so, that sun that gives life. Uh, in this belief system that gives life to us goes to a bigger sun, to a bigger sun, to a bigger sun, all the way back to source. And that's what is considered in uh, shamanic thought and other schools of thought, which incidentally all come from shamanism, is uh, the path back home. It's, it's how you get back home. And then um, there are other levels to this, which I can get into if you'd like, but I want to keep the dialogue happening without monopolizing everything. Hmm. Uh, I say what is intriguing
0: for me and I'm sure it will be for our listeners, Mateo, is this word shaman, shamanism. Give us a real kind of whistle-stop, I won't say 30 seconds, but short dive in. What is it?
1: I'm playing a little bit of sure. it here,
0: but give us a, yeah, a sort of dive so,
1: in Yeah, so the origins of the word is from um, Siberia, if I remember correctly, the Tungus region, and it's Sa uh, and then Man, and it's it's essentially in that language, one who knows. But, um, you know, I, I have a distaste for that word in modern culture, because it's become sort of a pop culture thing. And people have called me a shaman, and I go nuts when they do that. In fact, I had to stop myself. Uh, because then if I go too nuts about it, then I'm drawing too much attention to it. So that particular word um, is not a favorite of mine, but it's useful. Now, Shamanism is the root of all religions in the world. It's the roots of everything. The first time that someone looked up at at the sky and the stars and said, What does all this mean? I mean, those were the beginnings of it. And shamans were the first storytellers, healers, doctors, psychologists, musicians, performing artists. They were the first of all of that. And every single religion in the world comes from that. And some religions now, you can really see it. I mean, it's in all of them, but you can really see it. Like, like Buddhism really, really tracks with it, and some other religions. And um, you know, when you go back and, and you go back to, for lack of better words, modern day um, and not so modern day organized religions, you have the prophets. So uh, Muhammad sat in his cave. Uh, Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree. And um, I sometimes irritate Christians when I, you know, Jesus went into the desert and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and I tell them, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you go into the desert and you fast for 40 days and 40 nights, I guarantee you, you'll be talking to God, too. So it's, it's those uh, roots of the beginning and connecting. And so in organized religion, they take the words of prophets. I'm just going to use, and it's a bunch of them, so I'm not picking on anyone in particular. But let's just say for arguments' sake, we'll just use Jesus for an example. Um, you get the words of of Jesus and and Jesus, uh, his uh, inspiration and um, you know knowledge that he has learned, and then it got written and copied by somebody, and then it got translated. Then it got translated by somebody else who translated that, who did that, and then King James went in and did his thing, and all, and then everybody else has their own interpretation. And the shamans say, uh, the hell with all that. Go out and have your own visionary experience. And so that's one of the things that uh, really drew me deeply into shamanism. And another thing that drew me deeply into shamanism is the myth of the flood. And going back to the Bible with Noah's Ark, that myth of the flood is universal. And and there are like remote tribes uh, in the Amazon who don't know anything about Christianity who have the myth of the flood. So those roots of getting the core of everything um, is what really drew me toward it. Um, I can go on forever and ever. I've written books about it, uh, you know, but that hopefully is a nutshell for you.
0: Mm, Thank you. Am I oversimplifying things, Matteo, to suggest, I mean, to use a phrase that you've just used there, um, you know, the core, the root of everything. Am I oversimplifying it to suggest that love is the root of everything?
1: When you strip everything right back, Does it come down to love? I I do agree. And, you know, I have a personal saying that's probably not original and probably everything I'm saying right now I stole somewhere. But one of my favorite expressions is that simplicity is the essence of genius. Mm -hmm. And if you think of things in terms of pure energy and you think of the sun again, which is kind of where we started, where it's giving unconditionally. And life as we know it uh, would not exist without it then the essence of love is pure, unconditional giving. And it's openness. And it's a challenge on the path because um, in order to do that, we have to become vulnerable. And that has been one of the toughest, toughest, toughest challenges for me uh, for years and years is allowing myself to become vulnerable. Because then if you do that, You may get judged or people may do things to intentionally hurt your feelings and you have to remain open and realize that if they're doing that, it's not you. It's their thing that they're projecting onto you. So I think that's a beautiful how you just said that it it, it is a beautiful simplicity of unconditional giving period, no excuses, you know, nothing. End of story. That's what it is. So you're a genius, Paul. (laughs) You flatter me, sir. You
0: flatter me. <laughs> yeah, moving swiftly on. Um, I mean, the whole the whole goodness of somebody's heart, the intelligence that goes with that, the emotional intelligence. You know, put whatever label or, or angle you want on it, listeners. There's so much stuff out there. And I don't know about you, Matteo, but I'll tell you what I've found myself doing over the last certainly the last 12, 18 months, maybe the last two years, is living that life of simplicity and just letting go of of so much stuff that, you know, um, and even when I hear words like guru or expert, it's okay. So I love what you said at the top of the, the dance here around this is your truth. This is your dance and what it means to you. The outside world may or may not dance along with you. But that's up to them, isn't it? That's not your, you know, that's, uh, that's not your sort of responsibility. What, what's that book that was written, that book title? What the outside world, what the world thinks of me is none of my business. And, but we struggle with that, Matteo, don't we, as humans? We struggle with that that solitude, that silence. Uh, as I, I mean, I'm massively generalising now, of course. Uh, but we do really struggle with, you know, to quote Simon Gough, the sound of silence.
1: I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the noise, generally speaking, comes from the monkey mind. And what comes from outside of you in many respects is, you know, a reflection of that monkey mind. So you and I have have really been, we we figured this out before anyway, but we've been really in sync and on the same path because I've been going through the same things. And after uh, essentially some years back, uh, losing absolutely everything I had, uh, and, and I can say, you know, I was doing that for a number of reasons, but primarily in my search for truth. I have come to the point right now, right now in my life, um, I have no debt. Um, I have no responsibilities to anybody. And I am absolutely free. And my freedom has allowed me to pursue my truth, so to speak. And I've been inspired like never before. I mean, I'm working very hard on this book right now, and I've got three more books lined up waiting, uh, and a screenplay. Um, and it's all because I'm I'm free, and I don't have to answer to anybody. And like you said, um, who cares what anybody else thinks? This is this is you know my truth, my reality, and I'm getting to live it to the fullest and totally enjoying that sense of freedom, which in the beginning was quite frightening, until I let go. And in that letting go, I found acceptance and I found uh, uh, non-attachment. And um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Well, it's being present in the present, in the moment. It's in the, this whole path I'm talking about is a path of uh, awareness and expanding awareness. And when you're expanding awareness and you're being uh, unconditional, it's a beautiful thing because there are no limits. It's infinite. So I, I like what you said a little while ago. I, I'm not gonna say it the same way because I don't remember your, your words, but you know, when, whenever I hear a guru and an expert, I, I wanna run the other way mm-hmm. because you know that's somebody taking credit. And anybody who says, I was telling some young ladies the other day, anybody who says they've arrived and they're enlightened, you better run the other way because there is no arriving. The moment you think you're arrived, or enlightened you're going to get challenged and so when you realize that that is infinite and if you do come to a a newer higher level of awareness then you're going to get challenged in more complex ways and the whole path of shamanism is called the power path and when you go up in awareness and in higher levels you just get a whole new set of bigger problems and it never ends which is one of the beauties of it is the infinite you know aspect of it
0: Mm. wow yeah Pausing for reflection. You know, alluded to it, Mateo, at the top of this conversation again, that you know, sometimes I don't know if you experience this. Listeners, I've made reference to this um on, on more than one occasion, but I just want to go back to um something you said, three very, very powerful words, Matteo. One who knows, when you was, you know, giving that intro into shamanism, uh, one who knows. And that kind of brings in for me a fellow American uh, of, your, of yours, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, when mm-hmm. he said, Those that know,
1: do not speak. Yeah. You ready for a short lesson in sacred geometry? Um, whether I am or whether I'm not, bring it on. <laughs> okay. Here it comes. So I, I, this is an original. I stole this from Rudolf Steiner, who started the Waldorf schools. And if you look in terms of pure dimensionality, a point from the beginning, a point has no dimension. If you take that point and you move it in one direction, you have a line. But if you exist within that one dimensional line within it, all you see is points. Hmm. So then if you take that line and you move it in the next direction, you have a plane. If you exist within that plane, all you see are lines. If you take that plane and you move it in the next direction, you have a three dimensional cube. But if you um, exist within a three dimensional cube, all you see are planes. So following that uh, expression and expansion of dimensionality, we live in a three dimensional world and we perceive things in three dimensions, which means we're actually four dimensional beings. And the, um, one of the things about this whole, you know, for lack of better words, New Age, the coming of the fifth dimension, uh, the Hopis called the fifth world, all those things is that um, I, I think we're going into a multidimensional reality. Now, all of that uh, goes to say that once you are, in order to perceive a dimension, you have to be in the higher dimension. So if you're perceiving things from a higher dimension, you can't express it to people who are caught up in the lower dimension. And uh, Plato's myth of the cave is a wonderful example of that. Um, you, you can't, so you see things, you perceive things. And when I say see, I'm not, necess- I'm not saying necessarily visually. I'm saying just perceiving, whether energetically or whether your heart or wh- whatever it is, you see things that others don't. And you have to observe and you know these things. Uh, you know them in your heart through your intuitive, but you can't say anything really uh, unless someone else is tuned into the same way because... Those who are only perceiving in limited dimensions, um, only see within those the confines of those dimensions. Mm.
0: There's a couple of things there, Matteo, that's from to mind listening to you there. Uh, one is around the 3D, 4D, 5D. I'm going to ask you, invite you in in a moment just to give us a, a little whistle stop on what does that actually mean because I get that asked so much. Um yeah, well, yeah. Let, let's 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 dive in on that three D, four D, five D. What's your kind of understanding, perception of what you know what that terminology
1: means? Well, in my own personal experience in the jungle, you know, I've done um, I've done a do- I've done a dozen extended plant diets in the jungle with ayahuasca and numerous other plants that the shamans have. And I've had experiences uh, that I put into words that I can't put into words. In fact, I've been editing this book and I have to take out, I've taken out probably two dozen phrases, like I can't describe this, but here's my best shot at it, right? And it's a uh, complex thing where um, I've had the experience of being uh, of uh, what's called bi where I've been fully aware in two places at once, which is an uncanny experience. I can't even. I'm talking about it now, and I still can't explain how it is. Mm. So if you you start to experience things in a multi-dimensional way that goes beyond quote unquote normal perception, um, you see things that other people don't. Now, one of the things that I've done with with trying to expand my consciousness consciousness uh, with plants and all that um, is perceptual it's perceptual expansion in other ways. There are a number of Perceptual exercises that I've been taught that have nothing to do with altering your consciousness, but how you do and expand your awareness. And once you start to, for, for lack of better words, exercise and use those muscles, you start to perceive things differently. And you start to realize, I think you made a reference earlier to the silence or something, and there was a, a biblical reference about uh, the still s- small voice within. And when you start to become uh, more heart-centered and expansive in that way and you're not just going with with what your monkey mind intellect is telling you, then your perception is different. And if you're dealing with people who are, are what I call uh, intellectually centered, it's harder for them to grasp what, what you're feeling and expressing uh, perceptually because they think they're really, really uh, focused in on the three dimensions, which is, is ultimately limited. So when you start to have those things that go beyond, one of my favorite words is ineffable. When you uh, start having ineffable experiences, you perceive things. And then if you're really um, on the path, in my humble opinion, you start to get synchronicities, which are increasing all the time. Um, Even this discussion you and I are having, I've had a number of synchronicities around it. And it's tied in with uh, the work I'm doing now and what's, what's coming my way. So for me, synchronicities are uh indicators that you're in the right direction and more often than not they're tied in with the elemental uh energies or spirits um you know the primary ones being earth air fire and water and in chinese thought there's also they add metal there's five for them but the essence is the things of nature that you observe and you'll have different experiences with animals and and the wind and and things like that that are are maybe coincidental but when they start to happen a lot and they really resonate in your heart to me you gotta, you gotta follow it you got to follow your heart I hope that answers your question it does, sort of it. I mean you know
0: I think with all these um, so well all these what kind of what kind of statement is that Paul all these blind if that's not a generalization of a generalization I don't know what is let me rephrase that Matteo i was going to say around this this journey just going back to what you said earlier on about the the indian tribe and i know we spoke about this off air and i think i offered the a quote from somewhere when they said the longest journey that we'll take is from from the Sioux drive this was uh is from the head to the heart and that kind of reminded me matteo of when you know we was kind of diving into that 3d 4d 5d maybe maybe i'm oversimplifying again listeners who knows But this journey from 3D to 5D is one that's littered with stepping stones called faith. Is that a fair comment, Mateo?
1: I like that. And again, see, you just exposed yourself as a genius because you said that word simplicity. So, um, you know, you're definitely on track and it's and it's challenging. You have to face you have to face the darkness to find the light. You know, there are so many people and and, and no disrespect to anybody, but there are a lot of these like airy fairy type of people. My old uh, coach used to call them granola eaters. And, you know, they're like, well, I just want to see the light and I just want to see the bliss and I just want to love everybody. Well, no, you can't have the the light without the dark and you really need to experience them them both so that you learn how to find the center because you, you can't have one without the other. And they, in fact, each one enhances the other so you have to find that objectivity to find your way back to the center and, and in my humble opinion the path from the head back to the heart is actually literally and physiologically even finding your center which is to me is the path home mm. listen
0: to you speak there another you know we, we mentioned we mentioned earlier on music um and the, a line from a song love and marriage love and marriage." Goes together like a horse and carriage. You can't have one without the other. So, listeners, I've got a clue where that came from, but I thought I'd share it under the banner of so-called humour. You be the judge of whether it's humorous or not. Um, as we start to come towards a close, Matteo. I mean, obviously, the M-word, music, has been mentioned quite a lot. In fact, you, you know, you started this this beautiful dance, this thread by um, quoting that um, jungle love is driving me crazy let's as we start to slow the dance down and and get ready to leave the metaphoric dance floor Matteo. um i want to ask you one final question Uh, before i do that i just want to invite you in and uh, to share any contact details you may have where listeners can uh, reach out find out more about you that sort of thing what's the best way mateo
1: yeah, so they can, all they have to do is Google my name, which is Matthew Palamary And um, the first thing that will come up is my website, which is M-A-T-T-P-A-L-L-A-M-A-R-Y.com. If they go there, there's a contact form. So if they want to check in uh, and put their information there, it will email me. And um, I, have, I have podcasts, audio, video, lectures, uh, you name it. And I've got presently 15 books in print, and those can be found um, on Amazon as eBooks, Tree Books, and some of them are audio books. And then I have a site, uh, Mystic Inc. Publishing, M Y S T I C I N K P U B L I S H I N G dot com, and all my books are there. But if they they, they Google my name, they go to my website. There's contact form there, and they can find me there. And I'm also on. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, and all those other places where you and I have connected.
0: Mm, Fascinating. And as other listeners, uh, Matteo's details will be in uh, his bio in the show notes. So, you know, don't worry about um, if you've missed any of that, it'll be in the recording and in print in the show notes as well. So, um, yeah. So, the final question then. Well, certainly for this particular dance, Matteo makes it sound so (laughs) absolute and definite. Um, It's certainly not. But it is for this particular, you know, this particular um, initial dance, let's say that. So the question is this. What piece of, and I use this word very, very loosely because it's not the right word. Advice, guidance, insight, share, support. Any of those words. What, which one would you leave with us, Matteo, by way of saying... I don't know and this is a massively oversimplified statement just to help us live a bit more of a love-filled life
1: what what would that be well succinctly put and it's a cliche follow your heart there's uh, anybody had ever read the works of Carlos Castaneda which I read a lot when I was younger and you know there are things in there and there's been a lot of critical things of what he said and how he lived and all that, but it doesn't matter because he could even be Satan talking and there could be some truth in there. Mm. But uh, he said, a warrior must follow a path with heart. So we need to follow our heart because in many respects uh, we're our own worst enemies and we need to figure out how to do that. And so personally, for me, when something hits me, I sense how that energy feels and how that energy feels lets me know whether it's something I want to cultivate or not. So right down to the point, follow your heart and pay attention because it is, in fact, superior in all ways to the mind. Yeah. So is it, yet again, oversimplistic,
0: say, to follow the heart? We've temporarily got to part the head.
1: Yeah. I like, like like I said, you're a genius, Paul. Simplicity is the thing. And and, and follow the heart is the path home. And that's a ancient, ancient uh, belief. Cross-culturally, cross the ancient Egyptians, all the stuff I, I talked about, that's the path home. And I know for me personally, it took me a long time to find that and struggled for years and years and years. And now that I'm honed in and I know where it is, there, there's nothing else. That's the beacon. That's the beacon home. It's the light. Mm. Love that term. Lamotte, the beacon, the lighthouse.
0: And on that bright shining note, will game changes. I think it's time for Matteo and I to leave the metador- met- metadoric even the metaphoric. What's in a word? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the art of communication is being understood, is it not? And with some of my words, I'm not so sure <laughs> they have any precise meaning, but still, anyway, we'll leave it there for the time being. And Immense gratitude to you, Matteo, for being part of this. You know, I can only speak for myself. My truth,
1: amazing dance. Thank you so much. Thank you, likewise. And thank you for indulging me. And thank all you, whoever's listening, thank all you for, for, for indulging my, my loving madness. Bless you all. And on that
0: happy, harmonious, love-filled note, will game changers. All that remains now is for me to sign off the way I always do by saying, remember...